Yeah. And I believe that's why we're here tonight is because we truly want the Lord to truly make something new in us. We want to continue as disciples to grow and be all that He's called us to be. Amen? Thank you for coming out on this Wednesday night. What a blessing to have you in the house of the Lord as we come to study God's Word. Now, I know you're not supposed to do this, but, um, you know, uh, sometimes you just hear something and you're like, you know, I want to share that. And uh, so I, I heard Pastor Radika praying uh, the other day, and it was, I just want to share it with you. She was praying and she said, Lord, I just want to thank you for being with me this day. God, with your help, I haven't been impatient. I haven't lost my temper. I haven't been grumpy. I haven't been judgmental. I haven't been envious or anything. God, I just want to thank you. I've not even had a negative thought. Hallelujah. And I'll be getting out of the bed in a minute, so I'm going to really need your help then. So you're not supposed to tell other people when you hear them pray. <laughs> no, I'm just joking on her. That's not what she prayed. But I probably prayed that before. But thank God that He is a God that hears and answers prayer. And uh, we want to talk about, not jokingly, but seriously, about the power of prayer tonight. Because let me tell you what, I just keep hearing the Spirit of the Lord say, I want to do more. 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 And I said, Lord God, we want you to do more. We want you to do more. And he says, without faith, it's impossible to please me. And I said, yes, Lord. We want to exercise our faith. How do we do it? He said, it's the work of faith. Faith without works is dead. I said, Lord, let us work your faith. And how can we do that? And he said, prayer. Prayer. I want you to pray more. I want you to teach my people how to pray. I want to I respond to their prayers because God is not a man that he should lie. Amen? And he gives us this verse of Scripture in Mark 11 and 24 where he says to us, this is Jesus speaking. This is the Son of God, your Redeemer, He who purchased everything for us in and through the atonement and has given that to us to be appropriated into our lives by faith. He said to you and he said to me, therefore I say to you whatever, whatever, whatever. We've got to underline that in our mind because I think we put limitations on God. He said, whatever things you ask, not just ask, but when you pray, when you pray, there's power in prayer. He said, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, I don't think Jesus was just saying that to hear Himself talk. I don't think the Holy Spirit had that recorded in the Holy Scriptures just to have that recorded to fill up another page. I believe God is telling us something here. I believe God is showing us that in this verse of Scripture that this promise has three parts. And the first is comprehensive. Whatever you ask, don't limit God. Don't limit Him. The bigger the miracle, the more the glory He'll get. Don't say, oh, this is too big for God or God. No, the larger the miracle, the larger the glory He will get. Whatever you ask. And it's also conditional. you got to believe that you received it. you got to believe that you received it. Oh, God, help us in our unbelief. We believe, but help us in our unbelief. Because you can believe, but you can also be wrestling with unbelief and it can counteract your belief. we got to get rid of the unbelief. we got to kick it out the door. Oh, that we would believe. And it is definite that it will be yours. I want you to know God wants you to walk in the miracle manifest of His glory more than you do. He wants you to see a miracle tonight before 8 o'clock, before you walk out of these doors or whatever time it should be. He wants you to see a miracle. Not next week. 
He wants you to see a miracle tonight. He's a miracle-working God. He is a miraculous God. That is who He is. And we see in this verse of Scripture, there's also three tenses there. Very, very important. In the present tense, he said, whatever you ask for. You say, okay, well, I asked for something last week. No, you need to ask now. You need to ask now. Well, I just asked him one time, and if he wants to do it, he'll do it. Man, exercise your faith. Ask right now. Hallelujah. Whatever you ask is in the present tense. But then in the past tense, he said, believe that you received it. When you ask in the present tense, he is telling you to act in the past tense to believe that you've already received it. Believe it's already been provided. That when Jesus said it is finished, it is finished. You don't need to put him on a whipping post to get your healing. By his stripes you were already healed. Hallelujah. You don't have to hang him on a cross to forgive your sin. You've already been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. You don't need to put a crown of thorns on his head and shed blood from his brow to get poverty off of you and get provision in your life. No, it's already been done. Believe that you have received it. Past tense. And then the third tense is future tense. It will be yours. It may not be something you have at this very moment, but you must know that you're, it is yours. It's coming. It's coming. It is yours. God is not a liar. It is yours. It will be manifest. It is yours. And you can't back off of that. You can't let unbelief let you let go of that. you got to stand and say, it is, it is mine. I am healed. I am delivered. I am set free. I am redeemed. I am saved. I am the prospered of God. Amen? You, did you get that? We pray in the present with the assurance that God has already granted our request. It's already done, even though the answer may not come until maybe we're walking across the parking lot. Maybe when you're sitting here and cross your legs in the next five minutes, bam, it's coming. But you know it's coming. It's already yours. You're just waiting for the manifest of it. What an exciting way to live. Every step I take, I may be stepping into my miracle. I'm expecting it. I'm expecting it. I'm expecting doors of favor to be open. I'm expecting that God's going to give me the supernatural manifest of His favor in my life and His glory is going to be manifest through me. We've got to live that way. Man, you can't be an old grumpy Christian if you're living that way. 1 John 4, uh, 5, 14 and 15, he says, now this is the confidence, confidence, oh, that we Christians would get our confidence. Oh, that we would believe God so much we would become confident. That we would stop wavering Stop wavering over every little negative uh, circumstance that pops its face in front of us. Our God is greater. Our God is bigger. Our God is stronger. We shouldn't let these little bumps in the road discourage us. Our confidence is that, in, that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. Hallelujah. Already past tense is a done deal. Praise God. He said, Amos 3 and 3, can two walk together unless they agree? We've got to come in agreement with God. We've got to come in agree. We're trying to get God to agree with us. And He says, wait a minute. You're doubting me. Wait a minute. You're still wondering if I'm going to come through or not. You're still questioning why didn't you see whatever you wanted to see when you wanted to see it. So He says, don't get me to come in agreement with your doubt. You need to come in agreement with what I have already established. You need to come in agreement with truth. Hallelujah. That word is yaad. 
And, and it means to meet in the assemble by appointment. We agree with God when we take time to assemble by appointment with Him and His body. Right now, you are practicing that agreement. You're walking in agreement with God by assembling together with His body in His name. So Yaad is being uh, manifest right now as we're gathered here. So we should be expecting a miracle right now. We should be expecting, when we walk in the house of God together, we should say, I'm, I'm here and I'm expecting a miracle. We should praise God as though we've already seen the miracle because we've already received the miracle. We just haven't by future had it manifest yet. A lot of people want to praise God after the fact. No, that's doubting in your heart. He said that's how the heathen live. They got to see a sign. They got to see something. No, he says, you, more blessed is he who believes without seeing than he who has to see to believe. We should be praising as, as, like we believers. Amen. We say we're believers. Are we really believers or is that just a nominal, or just a name we carry? No, we got to believe. I believe. Hallelujah. And right now we're walking together with God in Yahad as we've assembled together in His name with His body. And it's also we agree with God when we meet His word with our words. So now we take our words and line them up with His word. We don't go and change his word. We, we change our words. We got to work on changing our words. We got to say what God says. And if God says it, even if you don't see it, what God says is stronger than what you see because what he said can change what you see, but what you see can't change what he said. So we got to stick with what he said because what he said has the power to change what you see. Amen. We got to come in agreement with his word, with our words. And we have to agree with God when we take time to meet with him in prayer. We've got to come in agreement with him. He said, he said right here in this verse that, that whatever, you've got to have confidence that you ask anything according to his will. You've got, to, you've got to come meet with him in prayer and come in alignment with his will. And let me tell you what, some people say, well, I just don't know if it's the will of God for this or that or the other. Come to Bible study on Wednesday night, you'll learn what his will is. We'll teach you what his will is. His will's for you to be healed. His will's for you to be delivered. His will's for you to be set free. His will's for you to be prospered. His will's for you to overcome and be more than a conqueror through, his, through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. That's his will. That's his will for you to triumph over the enemy, for the advance the kingdom of God, to kick down the gates of hell. That's his will. Amen? The most powerful people in the world are people who learn how to pray. God, help Christian Embassy and, and me as their pastor teach us and help us learn how to pray. I'm not talking about people who just believe in prayer and I'm not talking about people who just talk about prayer and teach about prayer and, 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 but people who take time and pray. Guess what we're going to do before we leave here tonight? We're going to take time and pray. Hallelujah. Because if you can pray, you can do anything. Heaven and earth are at the disposal of him who prays. The power of heaven and earth is at the disposal of him who prays. Prayer is the power on earth that moves the power in heaven. And the power in heaven is ready to move. The power in heaven is ready to move. The power in heaven is ready to manifest. The power in heaven is ready to be demonstrated. You are an oak of righteousness, a planting of God for the display of his power. He wants to display his power on you and through you. He wants to display his glory, his favor on you and through you. And prayer is the power on earth that, that moves the power in heaven. Prayer is God saying, if you will, then I will. If you will pray, then I will whatever. If you will pray, I will act. If you will pray, I will move. If you will pray, I will do it. If you will pray, I will release my best into your life. Hallelujah. But we've got to be men and women of prayer, not just some casual little you know, prayer hands that we use as an emoji and we send out to somebody. 
Man, that's, that's real powerful, isn't it? Can you imagine the insult in the face of God? It's like, what kind of faith was that? Click. You did a smiley face. You did a thumbs up. You did a prayer hand. Oh, wow. Took the same amount of faith to do all of it. James 5 and 16 says, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. There is a... God gives them a, a, a description here of an effectual, fervent prayer. Hallelujah. It needs to be effective. It needs, I'm telling you, we need to start praying like we believe. We've got to start praying like we've already received. We've got to start praying like well, our prayers are coming against the forces of darkness and invading the kingdom of darkness and bringing liberty of heaven on earth. We've got to pray like we believe. The effectual, fervent prayer, fiery prayer, fair, a prayer that won't back down in the face of opposition, but a prayer that uh, intensifies. The more the devil punches, the more our prayers punch back. Amen. Why should I pray? Well, let me give you several reasons. God wants you to pray. God wants us to pray. He teaches us to pray. Jesus instructed us to pray. Secondly, prayer gives us personal access to God himself. He said, when you pray, and he talks about his presence, invading our presence, and, he, and, and him moving in in a special way, in and through our prayers. He talks about our prayers like an incense before him. He's, it's, it's, it's something beautiful. It smells good. It's beautiful. He loves it. He wants us to pray. Another reason we should pray is God hears our prayers. He, he, he actually hears our prayers. Did you know that? And then finally, we should pray because God answers our prayers. And from me reading the scripture and learning the character of God, he loves, he's not hesitant, he loves to answer prayer. He loved, did you understand? We got to change our thinking, thinking. We think we're invading on God's private time. We think we're bothering Him. We think we don't deserve it, whatever it is. Let me tell you what, God loves answering our prayers. So what we need to do is we need to become a people who is so devoted, so committed, so stand strong and confident in prayer that the first thing we do is go to prayer. First thing we do is not run to the medicine cabinet. First thing we do is not run to somebody else. First thing we do is don't post how bad it is on Facebook. First thing we do is don't tweet about how horrible it is. First thing we do is we run to God in prayer. Yes. Hallelujah. Oh, pray for me. You know, I've got so-and-so. And it's good to get people to pray for. I'm not really saying anything about that. But that little emoji hand, and I've given thousands of emoji hands out, which I'm really praying. But let me tell you what, that little emoji hand is what you need to learn how to do is pray. That when your power is off and, you, and your phone is dead and you can't get on Facebook, you, you still have access to power. Amen. Come on now. Not dependent on everybody else praying for you. Learn how to pray. Be a man or woman of faith and pray so that others, when they call on you to pray, that you've already been seeing the hand of God move mightily in your life, that you will pray with confidence and see God do great things in and through their lives. So what I, I've been asking God to help me Help me, Lord, to be a man of prayer better. I want to get better. I, I'm always in, my, in our kitchen. You know, I, I'm the sous chef on some of the things that we fix. And so I'm chopping up vegetables and all. And I'm always sharpening the knife. I've got one of those ninja sharpeners, I think it's called. You know, the one like that with the rubber band on it. I'm, I, I tried the other thing and I didn't get the angles just right. So I said, I'll try that. And I'm always sharpening my knife. So when I'm cutting up peppers and onions and whatever, it's, just, it's easy. You, you, more people get cut with a dull knife than they do a sharp knife because they're fighting and it's rolling and flipping on whatever they're trying to cut. But when you got a sharp knife, you know that thing goes right where you need it to go and does what it's supposed to do. Well, I want to sharpen my prayer knife. 
if I could say it that way. Yeah, you know, I don't want a dull prayer life that might get results or might not get results or I got to work extra hard to get results. I want it sharp. So I'm like, Lord, teach me. Teach me how to pray and, and, and to keep my prayer sharp. And, and he showed me there's things that dull our prayer life. And they're like roadblocks that, that hinder us from getting to where we want to go. So I want us to look at some roadblocks to answered prayer. And if you can identify one in your life or two or whatever, instead of saying, Pastor's judging me, I'm not judging you. I'm just saying these may be dulling your knife. These may be hindering you from getting to where you want. And if they are and you can identify it, just deal with it. Deal with it tonight. Don't wait till you get home. Deal with it tonight. We're going to pray. And you can deal with it. Even as I'm preaching, you can deal with it so that you can sharpen your knife. You can be, as I'm preaching, you're just running it through the ninja, your sharpeners. You can get sharper and sharper and sharper in your prayer, in your prayer life. Hallelujah. So that when we do come together in agreement of prayer here in the conclusion of our service, man, you're going to cut the devil up. I like the thought of cutting the devil. I never was one of those fighters, you know, those rednecks that want to cut people. I grew up around some. I remember this one gentleman, he told me one day, he pulled out a Barlow knife. He said, I want to give this to you. And I said, oh, thank you, sir. And he said, you're a good young man. I'll give this to you. And I said, thank you. And I took it and, and I showed it to my dad. And my dad said, oh, that, you got to be careful with that. And I said, what? He said, look at the, the edges of the blade. He, he had popped off little chips, little V's in the edges of the blade. And I said, wonder why he did it? He dropped it or something? He said, no, he's known for cutting your guts. I said, cutting your gut? He said, yeah, he'll split you, but that there will grab the skin so it won't go in and take care of your intestines and just rip the skin open. And, uh, and I was like, has this one cut him? My daddy said, I don't know, maybe got some DNA on it. You know, you may, you may, you may be holding a weapon that gets you put in prison one day. I burnt that thing in the fire. It wouldn't burn, but at least I said, maybe I can destroy the blood evidence. I burnt, I was like, oh, that thing scared me. He was a, he, one of those that will cut your gut, you know. And I never liked that thought of how people are mean like that. But when it comes to the devil, I want to take him in the juggler. I just, I don't, I don't mind taking him out. I don't like the devil. You can like the devil and you can negotiate. But I don't like the devil. Some people say, I'm scared to talk about the devil. Why? If we have authority over all the power of the enemy and he can by no means harm us, why in the world are we afraid of him? We need to put him in his place. Amen. So here's some roadblocks that may be causing your prayers to go unanswered. And the first one in the big, huge boulder there is unforgiveness. Oh, unforgiveness. In Mark 11 and 25, Jesus said, And when you stand praying, if you hold anything, anything, look at somebody and say, that means anything. That means anything. Anything against anyone. Say, that means you. <laughs> anyone, forgive him. Why? So that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Man, there may be this huge roadblock of God wanting to forgive you. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that he could forgive you, but that cannot be expressed in your life because you're refusing to do what he has done for you, for somebody else. He said, forgive them, forgive them. We know unforgiveness, and we could go through a whole teaching in the Scripture about how unforgiveness blocks us from God, causes God not to hear us, causes us to be open up for the works of the enemy and the destruction of the enemy. It's not worth it. Whatever someone has done against you, let me tell you what, it's not worth it. It's like when you hold unforgiveness, it's like you drinking poison, hoping it affects them, and it really just destroys you. 
Let's get our prayer knife sharpened, if I could say it that way. And if there's any unforgiveness, no matter how ridiculous, no matter how harsh, no matter how uh, wrong it was, let it go. Turn it over to the Lord. God says he would take it. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. If there's any vengeance that needs to be taken, let God do it. Let God do it. Release them. Release them so that you can be in that openness so that your prayers are not hindered. Another one is unconfessed sin. In John 9 and 31, we know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. That's straight from the Bible, straight from the New Testament, that God does not listen to sinners. If, I believe the only prayer God hears of a sinner is a repentance, a prayer of repentance, because we've got biblical evidence of that. But if you've got sin dominant in your life, and you're not going to yield that uh, area of your life to the Lord, let me tell you what, that may be hindering your prayer line. Psalm 66 and 18, the psalmist said, if, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. It's just a characteristic of God. He doesn't want to hear it. He doesn't want to hear it. If you're going to hold on and live with a lifestyle that violates Him, then why are you coming to Him wanting Him to do miracles in and through your life when you're discrediting Him and, and, and speaking and, uh, against Him by the very lifestyle that you're living? So if there's anything He convicts you of, repent. You don't have to, you don't have to go and be beat or hung on a cross for it. You just need to repent because Jesus has already done the hard part for us. Another one is a lack of sensitivity to those who are in need. In Proverbs 21, 13, if a man shuts his ear to the cry of the poor, he too will cry out and not be answered. There's a law of reciprocity at work. That law is just like the law of gravity. It works. And, and if you, through the law of reciprocity, are going to withhold and refuse to hear and, 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 and respond to anyone whose cry you hear, then he says that reciprocity is going to work. Why you want God to come in and violate the very law that you've set into motion? So if you shut your ear to the cry of the poor, your cry too will not be answered. So what we want to do is we want to be sensitive to those who are in need. And you say, well, they're just taking advantage and to support a bad lifestyle. That's why you need a spirit of discernment. Live, with the, live full of the Holy Ghost and ask the Holy Spirit. He'll tell you, this is a scam. Don't do it. This is legit. Do it. This person's in bondage and may do something bad with it but you need to show my love right now. Whatever it is, let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you. He will. He walks with us. He talks with us. He flows through us. Amen? Amen. I always ask God, when there's ever a need, I ask God, what do you want me to do? I'm just a steward. It's your money. It's your resources. What do you want me to do? I'm willing to do whatever you want. And, uh, and, and, and it may go beyond whatever the request is. It may be less than the request or it may be a no. But I want to do what He wants. Isn't that a great way to live? That we are dependent upon He who has all wisdom and all knowledge, who can see the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. Hallelujah. What an exciting way to live. And then there's another roadblock is your request is outside of God's will. You know, this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. If you go and ask God to do something that, that He is outside of His will, let me tell you what, you're not going to see it answered. You're not going to see it. 
Now, a lot of folks in a very traditional churches have used this, and they tried to tell you what the will of God is, that God no longer wills anyone to be healed. God no longer wills no one to be delivered and all this stuff. And let me tell you what, they've got to back it up with Scripture, and they can't. The will of God is for all to be healed. That's what the Bible says. Jesus came to demonstrate the will of the Father. Jesus said, I didn't come to say what I wanted to say. I came to say what I heard the Father say. I didn't come to do what I wanted to do. I came to do what the Father showed me to do. And Jesus healed all, all who came to Him. No one ever came to Him for healing. And He said, nope, it ain't going to happen today. Not happening. You're not going to get it. Never. So we look at what the will of God is. No one came to Him for deliverance that didn't get delivered. I mean, there was one man so bound, he was living in the caves and living in the, in the graveyard, and when Jesus just put his soles of his feet on the sand of that, 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 that place that he was at, those demons saw the power of God that came to set that man free. And they started begging for, begging that Jesus would not send them into dry places, but, you know, send them into the pigs. <laughs> Let me tell you what. Your request needs to line up with the will of God. You say, well, I don't know what the will of God is. I'd say study your word. Look at the promises of God. They're all yes and amen in Christ Jesus. You say, well, I can't understand the word myself. Well, then come here on Sunday morning. Come here on Wednesday night. Come to our Discover Embassy. Come to our Bible study training. Come to our Sunday school class, our adult Sunday school class on Sunday morning, first service over in the, in the Embassy Cafe. Uh, come on Tuesday night. Come through the healing rooms. They'll tell you what the will of God is. Come to our healing school. We'll teach you what the will of God is. Wherever you, you, There's plenty of places for you to learn what the will of God is. Amen. Isn't it good to have a resource like Christian Embassy? Isn't that amazing? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We can hear and understand what the will of God is so we can pray according to the will of God. Another roadblock is what I call sleepiness or weariness. Jesus returned to his disciples and he found them doing what? They were sleeping. And he said, could you not tarry with me for at least one hour? And Peter, uh, and he asked Peter, watch and pray so that I will not fall into temptation. For the spirit is willing and the body is weak. Here's Jesus. Asking for prayer. Now, let me tell you, Jesus believed in the power of prayer. He's asking His disciples to pray for Him because He knew that His Father would manifest power from heaven on earth. Super would come on the natural for an answer of prayer. And he says, I've, I've laid my glory aside. I've laid my splendor aside. As Philippians 2, 5, and 11 will tell us, he said, I laid that aside to come here as a man dependent on the Holy Ghost just like any of you so I could demonstrate and walk it out before you so that what I've done and you've seen me do, you can do as well when you receive the Holy Ghost. And he's dependent on prayer. If Jesus is dependent on prayer, we should be dependent on prayer. And if Jesus believes in the power of prayer, we should believe in the power of prayer. And he's asking his disciples, pray for me, for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. So he went away a second time, and he prayed. My, and my father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away from me, unless I drink it, 
may your will be done. He wanted to line up with the will of his father, even though it was difficult. The thought of going to that whipping post, the thought of being rejected, the thought of being beaten near to, nearly to death, the thought of being stripped naked, the thought of having that crown of thorns on his head, the thought of being nailed to that cross, the thought of with his back ripped and the ribs showing from the cat of nine tails on that whipping post, that pressing against that raw timber of that cross. He was thinking of all, he was human, he was a man, and, and he's thinking of that, and he says, Lord, Father, if, this is, if there's no other way but for me to drink this cup, your will be done. And at that moment, he redeemed us of Adam going back thousands of years before saying, not your will, Father. You, your will was for me not to eat of this fruit, but my will be done. And there was a reversal of the curse beginning right there. As Jesus sweat great drops of blood, the Bible says we're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. So when he came back again, he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. Let me tell you, the Bible says, weary not in well-doing, for you shall reap if you faint not. You will reap. You will reap. You will see the answer. You will see the breakthrough. You will see the healing. You will see the overcoming ability. You will see it. You will see it. You will see it. You will see it if you faint not. Oh, let us not become sleepy or weary in our praying. Let us shake ourselves, wake ourselves, and say, no, this is too important, too important. We must be a people of prayer. Another roadblock I've found to answered prayer is worry. Worry. Man, does that not open up fertile soil for unbelief? Philippians 4 and 6, do not be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. Anybody here anxious tonight? You shouldn't be anxious about anything. Let it go. Cast your care upon Him. He cares for you. You've got to cast it. Because if you just hand it to Him, you've got the temptation of taking it back. Cast it. Throw that thing. From Dr. Wing's side, Dr. Wing, you throw it over here to Chuck's side. And you cast that thing. Chuck, don't catch it, though. That's not for you. <laughs> Get, get it away from you. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Why are you thankful? Because you know God is a God who answers prayer. You know you're going to see the manifest of the miracle. You know it's yours. Because you're praying according to His will. And whatever you ask in His name, believing in your heart, you will receive it. It is done. It is a done deal. Hallelujah. So get, get rid of the worry. He said, well, I just can't help it. I'm a worry wart. Repent. You're a sinner. You're a sinner. You're being rebellious now. Did you know that? You're trying to say, well, it's just your nature, and, and you're going to do it anyway. God said, don't. Be anxious for nothing. Nothing. So we got to quit making excuses and say, it, this anxiety, whatever it's called, it's got to go. It's got to go. You say, well, he's causing it. That don't mean he's got to go, okay? You got to be careful. If you're in covenant with him or her, you know, you got to say, wait a minute, I just got to stop letting that come on me and, and, and me taking it. You have authority to take it or cast it off. Another uh, roadblock we see is wrong motives. Man, does that one get, hit us home. In James, he tells us in verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 3, when you ask, you do not receive. He's, he's telling you why you're not receiving. Because you ask with wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. 
Now, the pleasures of the flesh should not be the motive of our prayers. It should, everything that we ever receive from God should be for the glory of God and for the fulfillment of His glory here on earth through our lives. There's a task on your life. There's an assignment <clears throat> on your life. And if sickness and disease is trying to uh, stop that and hinder that, well, that's not for your pleasure. Let me tell you what. That is hindering the glory of God. That is hindering the plan of God. <coughs> Excuse me. And, and if you don't have the resources to do what God's called you to do, and let me tell you what. That's not for your pleasure. Let me tell you what. That is to advance the kingdom of God. And, and, and so it need not, need not be this selfish motivation. It's all about, God, make me a, make me a handsome uh, uh, celebrity so that I can have adulation. And I have people, you know, coming in and, 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 and ooing and on and worshiping me. No, no, no. God, make me look 20 again so that I can grab the eye of the opposite sex and, 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 and make my husband jealous and, and, and my same sex, they can be jealous of me because I'm just so beautiful. No, you're not going to get those prayers answered. Amen. You're not going to get them answered. Now, if you say, God, I want to be the youth. I want my youth renewed like an eagle. I can soar and fulfill your purpose and destiny for my life. I mean, that's right in alignment with God's word. And you may look like you did when you were 20. I say you may look better than you did when you were 20 because you may have been at 20 not, not with the glory of God on your life. The glory of God, let me tell you what, can do miracles. <laughs> Amen. Another reason we find in the scripture for uh, our roadblocks, our prayers being answered is a proud attitude. Let me tell you what, God don't like a proud attitude. Oh, no, no, no. He gives us more grace. That is why the scripture said, God opposes the proud. There's, there's a picture in, in the uh, New Testament that comes with that Greek word opposes. His hand it presses down. His hand is holding down. His hand is against the proud. But it says God gives grace to the humble. And it's the picture of the hand lifting you up. Lifting you up higher than you could have ever gotten on your own. Lifting you up higher than you could have ever achieved through all the wisdom and all the learning and all the efforts and playing all the politics you ever played. He can put you in a higher place because of his hand. Do you want his hand against you or do you want his hand for you? Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Somebody right now, you got to get that spirit of pride. Says you got to go. It's not all about me. It's about Jesus. Yeah, I've been talking about me. My, my conversations, I, 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 I. I sound like Lucifer when he was in heaven. I, I, I will. I, I will. I, I. Oh, help me, Lord. Lord God, I just repent. And, and I humble. You got to humble yourself. He didn't say you know, let somebody else humble you. He says, you got to humble yourself before the Lord. And that grace of God, His hand will lift you up. Praise God. Man, you can achieve higher heights than you ever dreamed of because of the hand of God lifting you up. Oh, if you would just humble yourself. Give it that proud attitude. Now, here's one that probably... Uh, some of you are going to say, whoop, I didn't know that was in the Bible. They can hinder your prayer life. And that is improper husband-wife relationships. Come on. Oh, yeah. 
This is right here in the Bible. Husbands, in the same way, be considered as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. And it sounds like to me the weight of this is on us husbands. And it talks about our wives as the weaker vessel, and it doesn't mean they're less than. That's not what it says at all. But God made man out of dirt. And He made the women out of us. They are more sophisticated. They are more fine. They are more tender. And they are more sensitive. So we men, tough it up. Quit acting like a baby. Quit trying to make her your daddy. You're supposed to be the head in a good way. What kind of headship? Like Jesus loved the church and was willing to give his life up for the church. That kind of head. Not you better woman, you better have me some food fixed when I get home. That's not the kind of head it's talking about. <laughs> and we have, this, we have this tendency, if we're not careful that we treat the people we're most comfortable with, that we say we love the most, we treat them the least. And God's not happy with that. Especially when it's in the covenant of husband and wife. Because he said, this covenant is a type of my covenant with the church. And Jesus, as He is the bridegroom and the church is the bride of Christ, I use this typology that the husband and the wife have that, 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 that representation here on earth and that relationship. And God is not happy when we play around with types. Moses, if you will remember, was told to strike a rock and he struck it and water came out. And then another time, God tells him, now I want you to speak to the rock. And he's using this as a typology. And Moses, rather than speaking to the rock, was angry with the people and let his anger get the best of him. And he struck the rock again. And God said, because you broke this type, you will see the promised land, but you'll never set foot in it. And Moses is, is 120, goes up on the mountain on the, on the opposite side of the promised land. He sees the promised land. And then they never see him. I don't know if he died and God hid his bones or God took him like Elijah right on to heaven. And Joshua had to lead the people into the promised land. So God is serious about types. Especially a type that shows his love relationship through his son with the, with the church. So husbands, you need to man up. You need to man up. All the women in the house can say amen, okay? You need to man up and you need to take the brunt of it and you need to say, I'm going to do whatever I need to do for this woman to know the love of God like she's never known before. And I'm going to cover her where she needs to be covered because Jesus covers us the church where we need to be covered. And I'm going to be strength to her where need to be as Jesus is strength to us as the church where we need to be. And I'm going to fulfill the role. And let me tell you what, your love relationship, I'm telling you, will go to a higher height than you ever dreamed of. You think your honeymoon was grand. Let me tell you what, things get better and better and better. And you say, but I'm been, what about when I've been married for 30 years? It'll get better and better, 40 years better and better. Ask Harry and Ray, 100 years, and it's still going better and better. <laughs> they said, wait a minute, 57? Where did the other 43? 
57, I was right. Okay, yes, praise God. So improper husband-wife relationship will hinder your prayers. God tells you right here in the Bible. And then finally, I'm going to look at this one, meaningless repetition. And, and Jesus said, when you pray, do not keep on babbling <laughs> like the pagans. For they think that they will be heard because of their many words. They put their confidence in the, in the, in the quantity of the words in their prayer rather than the quality. That we got to keep whining and whining and whining like, a, like a, a, you know, a spoiled child, just whining and whining and whining and whining and whining and whining. And finally, maybe God will, will finally will, will get him so angry. He's like, shut up! Yes, here! You know, that's not the nature of God. You look at the prayers of Jesus and they're rather short. And the prayer that he taught us to pray is rather short, but it is a prayer of confidence, a prayer of a relationship. And let me tell you what. It's not a begging prayer. Oh, that we would learn how to pray, not begging God, but coming in agreement with God. That our words would come in agreement with His Word and that we would, be, we would bring His Word back. He said, my word will not return to me void. Right? So something that's returning means it's already first been sent. So He's given us His Word. He sent His Word and healed our diseases. Isn't that what the Bible says? He's given us His Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. But John 1, 14, he says, And the Word became flesh, came to us. The Word came to us. And then as the Word is crucified, and the Word is buried, and the Word is resurrected, and the Word ascends on high, then He sends the Holy Spirit who inspires men with the breath of God to write these holy words so that we would still have the Word. Hallelujah! So our prayers should come in alignment with the Word of God, in agreement with the Word of God. Our prayers should be more about bringing His Word. He said, my Word will not return to me void. Void means empty or without, without content. He says, when you return it to me, you're going to see it work. You're going to see it manifest. So we've got to learn to pray the Word. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. So I ask you tonight, are any of these roadblocks hindering your life? Is there any unconfessed sin in your life? Is there any relationship that needs to be reconciled? Is, have you been obedient with God in what He's told you to do? Or are you praying according to the will of God? Are you praying uh, from your heart through a relationship with Him? Hallelujah! See, see, God wants you to recognize and remove these roadblocks because prayer is God's idea. It's not man's, man's idea, it's God's idea. He is the one who said in Jeremiah 33 and 3, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. God is challenging you tonight. Call to me. Call on me. Call on me. And I want to show you. It's like He's just waiting on us. I want to show you great and mighty things. Hallelujah. Anybody need any great and mighty things? Anybody need to see? He said, I will show you. In other words, you'll see it. You'll see it. Great and mighty things you will see, which you do not know. Things you've not seen yet, you're going to see. Hallelujah. I think it's important that we have great and mighty things happen because people lose their connection with the witnessing, confirming power of the Holy Spirit and their faith becomes crowded out by reason and by natural circumstances when they don't see a miracle manifest. Our, this generation and the generation that's coming up, they need to see the miracle manifest of God. Hallelujah. 
And when they start seeing great and mighty things performed by God, uh, let me tell you what, it causes their faith and it causes my faith to stand a little bit higher. How about it? When you see the manifest of a prayer, an answer to prayer, don't it make you just stand up a little taller in faith and say, I'm going to pray the more. Hallelujah. So we're going to call on Him, as He said. And He's going to answer. He's going to answer. Not maybe He's going to answer and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Things that you didn't come in here seeing, you're going to see going out. Things you did not have in your life coming in here, you're going to have going out. Because you're going to call on Him. You're going to call on Him. Hallelujah. How many of you want to join me in coming together in agreement? That, that agreement, that coming together to agree with God, to agree with His words, and to come together in prayer. Hallelujah. Let's just stand together. Let's just stand together. If you want to, and I, I challenge you, let's come around this altar. Let's just come around this altar. I mean, that's always been, ever since the evangelical Christian movement 2,000 years ago, people coming around the altar to pray. Come in showing a sign of agreement. I'm coming up here in agreement. I don't know what you need from God, but you come up here, bring that need. I don't know what you need to see hand, the hand of God do, but I want you to come up here, believe in God's hand is going to move in that area. And Jesus said, in this manner, we should pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God, give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We're going to pray now as we've heard your word, God, as we've been challenged by your word. Lord God, we want to align ourselves with your word in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I pray for a concert of prayer. Lord, I just heard a young man in his 20s, early 20s, just say this week, he said, I was in a setting and everybody was praying. And he said, that meant more to me and did more for me and, and than anything I've seen in a long, long time. Lord God, there may be young people here tonight who need to hear the same thing. Men and women of God who are not ashamed to call out to you in prayer, who are not ashamed to come in a concert of prayer, everybody praying together, everybody praying out loud under this open heaven. And I pray now, God, that the conference of your sons and daughters would rise to the surface and we begin to call upon you Lord you said call upon me uh, and you would show us great and mighty things which we had not known before hallelujah so Lord God I pray for an open heaven right now an open heaven over this altar an open open heaven over these families uh, and everybody that is here right now Lord God uh, and I pray for a tangible manifestation of your power oh God let there be a tangible manifestation of your glory and of your love Lord God for everyone who is here on this altar tonight and everyone who is tuning in I pray that every hindrance be removed out of the atmosphere I come against every spirit that is trying to bring hindrance I come against every resistance to the word of God it be broken off of us and it be sent out of this place as those demons were sent out into those swine in the days of old and in the name of Jesus I pray and in the name of Jesus right now each and every one of us we pray uh, that the accuser of the brethren be cast down uh, in the name of Jesus uh, I pray that we overcome the red dragon by the blood of the lamb uh, and the word of our testimony let it be uh, that the windows of heaven be opened uh, 
that the windows of heaven be opened up opened up over our lives opened up over our health opened up over our wealth opened up over our families opened up over our futures I pray hallelujah I pray for a new level of freedom in the Holy Ghost oh free us up God remove every chain remove every rope remove every burden anything that would hinder us from you Holy Spirit be gone in the name of Jesus I pray God that if anybody be bound then anybody would they would be set free right now that people would not be self-absorbed but we would become not self-conscious but God conscious hallelujah and that we're free to worship you God give us a freedom God give us a freedom he whom the Son sets free is free indeed free to worship free to pray free to live a life unto you Lord God in the name of Jesus remove every constraining power by the blood of the Lamb. I pray in the name of Jesus there would be no legalistic power but there would be no demonic power that there would be no personal power that would stop the move of God but the Holy Ghost power I pray for the Holy Ghost power to arise and shine and let the glory of the Lord be manifest hallelujah for where the spirit of the Lord is there is freedom oh God free freedom in this house freedom from every bondage freedom from every spirit of infirmity freedom from every spirit that would be holding us down free from every spirit that would be blinding every spirit that would be deafening every spirit that would be muting the move of God free us tonight God that we would be the church the church of the Lord Jesus Christ hallelujah and we decree that there will be freedom we decree that there will be freedom we believe that where there are open heavens there's the manifestations of miracles coming. Lord God, we open up this heaven. We open up. This is the church, the gateway to heaven. Let the heavens manifest in this house. A manifestation of miracles falling out of the heavenly realm into the earthly realm. And things that cannot be done by doctors shall be done by the Holy Ghost. If somebody's here tonight and you've got something that can't be done by the doctors, I'm telling you, it can't shall be done by the Holy Ghost. Things that cannot be done by psychologists shall be done by the Holy Ghost. Things that cannot be done by presidents or governors or dignitaries shall be done by the Holy Ghost. Oh, let the power of the Holy Spirit have His way. Things that cannot be done by the works of man shall be done by the Holy Spirit. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I pray from this moment on. Yes, Lord, from this moment on. Let there be a double manifest of multiplied power. Oh God, from this moment on, let there be a double manifest of multiplied healing, a double manifest of multiplied finances, a double manifest, Lord God, of multiplied purpose and influence and anointing on your people. God, as we pray for open heavens where there's an atmosphere where salvations will flood into this place, deliverances will flood into this place, place uh, healings will flood uh, into this place hallelujah and god we pray those who have been resisting the holy ghost we decree they shall be saved families shall be saved households shall be saved sons and daughters and grandsons and granddaughters shall be saved 
school district shall be shaken by the power of God and there shall be revivals that began to burst forth in the name of Jesus because of the open heavens that are opened up here this night at Christian Embassy. Open heavens are what we pray for. Open heavens. We push through the darkness. We push through the unbelief. And we bring every thought, we bring everything obedient to Jesus Christ. We decree open heavens. Open heavens. Lord, we believe you for open heavens. Lord, yes, we believe you for the open heavens, for the heavens to open in the name of Jesus. And we believe, Lord God, for a freedom in the Holy Ghost. A freedom in the Holy Ghost. We believe for you to be, Lord God, a manifestation of your presence like we've not seen in a very long time. Lord God, we believe for salvations to come in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we're calling the children in. God, we're calling the youth in. God, we're calling the singles in. God, we're calling, calling the nursery, our future generations that are still in the womb, Lord God, and yet plan to be in the womb. We're calling them in. Men and women coming in. The nations of the world, they're coming in. They're coming in. Hallelujah. We're calling on praise and worship, Lord God, to be broken, to break the lid, to break the lid that's been holding us to at the level we're at, taking us to a whole new level, taking us to a whole new place of the supernatural manifest of your presence here on earth. Families and marriages, God, we pray coming in in the name of Jesus. The devil will not have our husbands and wives turn against each other. They will find their strength in each other. Hallelujah. Divorces turned around. Separations turned around. Lord God, families and marriages made whole. Lord God, we praise for, pray for uh, in this open heaven a rise of leadership. A leadership over the authority uh, and exercise the authority you've given us over the powers of the enemy. Leadership to, to uh, rule in the place that you've given us to demonstrate your rule. Lord God, where the soles of our feet shall tread, Lord God, that we would establish your dominion there. Lord God, evangelism and outreach like we've never known. Let an anointing God. I pray, Holy Ghost, that you would stir us. Holy Ghost, you would, you would gift us. Holy Ghost, you would position us for evangelism and outreach like we've never known before. And I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice as I feel the Spirit of the Lord saying under this open heaven to pray for your finances. I pray for your finances right now. We come against that, that curse of poverty. We come against that drought season. We come against that spirit of famine. We come against it now in the name of Jesus. In this open heaven we decree over you that more than enough, hallelujah, that more than enough will come into your life. That there will be an overflow. That there will be an excess. That there will be superfluous. I just hear the Lord saying a, a, a manifest of overflow like you've never known before. In the name of Jesus. I pray under these open heaven for business ideas and businesses and business leaders. Lord God, I just pray for them right now that they would receive wisdom and favor that nothing in the marketplace could position them at that place. Nothing could be even bought to position them at that place. But because of your glory and because of your power and because they're sons and daughters of yours, you're going to position them at a place of prosperity and a place of influence in business like they only dreamt of. Hallelujah.
entrepreneurs in the name of Jesus I feel like the spirit of the Lord is bringing creativity the Holy Spirit is bringing dreams deposited into your heart he's saying those dreams are not to be given up on that you have an entrepreneur anointing and I want you to rise up and let my mighty hand show itself favorable in the manifest of it hallelujah Lord God we pray for our healing rooms Lord that is open now for going on 15 years to the public that they can know there's a place that there are people who believe there are people who believe and will agree with the word of God and pray for them if they are in need and Lord God I pray for those ministers that are working and ministering and serving in the healing rooms, and I pray for new ministers to come Lord God to handle the increase of those that are going to come that no one should suffer alone that no one should feel like they're in a place of hope no we know our hope is in the Lord our hope is in you and we want to tell them about it Lord we want to pray with them Lord and we want to see them healed in the name of Jesus Lord God I pray under this open heaven tonight Lord God that there would be a, a, a redeposit of zeal zeal whether we've been serving you Lord for 10 years 5 years or 10 minutes that we would have the zeal of the Lord and that our prayers would be fervent and fiery and we would believe Lord God what your word has said God I pray for divine revelation Lord divine revelation oh God you said you would show us things that we did not know Lord God that you would bring revelation Lord God there's some teachers in here Lord God that want to know more they want to know more I pray God you would pour it out you'd pour it out hallelujah this revelation would not just be information but it would be truth from your spirit the spirit of God made alive in them made real in them manifest through them Lord that they will teach it not just from their head but they, they'll show the drippings of the manifest of it off of their fingerprints hallelujah and their footprints in the name of Jesus hallelujah you said call upon me call upon me you would hear and answer and show us great and mighty things that we didn't know Lord here at Christian Embassy tonight God we took you up on your word we've called upon you Lord Lord we've dealt with these roadblocks anything that might be hindering and causing an impasse in our life Lord God and we, we deal with them we deal with them we get rid of those because Lord we want to have an open heaven I know our, we know our righteousness is in you Christ but there are things that you've called us to be responsible for Lord God, you've shown us some of those tonight. And Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for that, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. God, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would seal upon our hearts this, what you're doing here in us tonight. That if I could use the terminology, it wouldn't leak out. Or if I could use a biblical analogy you gave, that the fowl of the air wouldn't come and steal it from us. But this will bear fruit. This tonight is only the planting, only the beginning of a planting that's going to bear much fruit for your glory and for your honor. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, God, for giving us the blessed understanding and privilege and power that comes through prayer. Hallelujah. There's power in prayer, and we thank you for it. Now, believing that we've already received yes. believing that we've already received we're going to have it it's ours so with thanksgiving we thank you Lord amen we thank you Lord hallelujah we thank you Lord
in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you guys for coming out tonight. And oh my, just love on somebody. Bless somebody. Praise God as we go in faith this night. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah.